Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And it's time to talk post-draft backlash. And if you're a wrestling fan, you'll see what I did there. <laughs> yes, very nice. Very um, nice. Yes. So the NFL draft has come and went. The big news for Lancer fans is Doc Benet attended the draft with Bijan. Yeah, yeah. And he went top 10, which I, I believe I read the highest drafted Tucson product ever. Yeah, I, I so would pretty darn it. cool. Pretty darn cool. I think only the third first round pick from Tucson. I think I read John Fina, and I can't remember the other name. But I mean, that's pretty impressive. And he, you know, by all accounts, he is a very polished and good young man. Uh, Seems like it. Seems like you know, yeah, has really you know. Uh, I mean, never never gotten, you know, negative headlines, um, you know, and, and been very productive and he, you know, a little bit under the microscope when, when you're, you know, a big name player at the university of Texas, you know, people are going to be watching you and, um, uh, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, it's been what I, I, I alluded to this or kind of talked about it a few weeks ago. We talked about him. It's just one of those where like, you know, I remember when he was a sophomore at South point, you know, the first time you really heard, and it's like, man, this guy could be really good. And then I went and saw him up here. They played they played Dobson when he was a junior. And he just, you know, ran circles around everybody. And you're thinking, like, God, could this guy be like really, really, really good? Like, is he is he a really good Tucson high school player? Or is he something more than that? And he's he's proven to be a lot more than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember, you know, there were games where you'd look at his stat line and it's like, wow, 13 carries for 250 yards and three touchdowns. And it's like, yeah. and he stopped playing at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that Dobson game, I remember it was the only time I saw him in person at South Point and, and Dobson wasn't very good, you know, admittedly, like they were not great competition, but I mean, it was like he was just moving at a different speed than everyone else. Like, you know, like they could run the simplest plays, just you know, hand the ball to him, and he could rip off a forty-yard run or a sixty-five-yard touchdown. And like, man, this guy's really good. And again, you know, you think like, well, okay, is he, you know, is he good for a for a high school player? Is he good for an Arizona high school? I mean, you know, Arizona's not California. It's not Texas. It's you know, Tucson's not Phoenix. So you just think like, how good is this guy really? Where is he gonna, you know? top out and we're going to see like, oh, okay, he went to Texas and he was a, you know, backup running back. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just kept on, I mean, so far he's just kept on checking off the boxes. He was, he, you know, he got the offer to go to Texas. He went to Texas. He was great at Texas. Now he's a first round draft pick. And, and I mean, I'll, I'll give away, you know, we're three or four months from preseason picks, but I'm gonna tell you right now, he's my offensive rookie of the year pick. Mm-hmm. I love him going to the Falcons where they run the ball as much as they do. Like, Man, I think he could be really good if he stays healthy. Oh, absolutely. And, and he's, you know, he's landed in a good spot, but where he's not going to be expected to be the savior because he's not the quarterback. Right. You know, not the quarterback. And, and let's be honest, Atlanta is not the Cowboys, it's mm-hmm. not the Eagles. Some of the other teams that were rumored for him would have put more attention on him if he, you know, week one, he has, you know, 10 carries for 32 yards. It's like, Oh my God, you use the first round pick on this guy. Uh, you know, the Falcons are a little bit more off the radar unless they're really good. You know, when, when Matt Ryan was the MVP and they got to the Super Bowl, then obviously they get a lot of attention, but it's not a team that generates headlines week in week out. Like, you know, the, the biggest name franchises do. So it, you know, allows him to kind of hopefully hopefully he doesn't have a slow start but if there's some bumps in the road probably won't get noticed as much as they might have if he'd gone to dallas for example oh yeah and again they run the ball a ton so i i feel like there's a there's a real good chance that like he's gonna put up big numbers well and and he's gonna be the guy you know, that's the other piece of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're drafted him number eight overall, um, you're going to you're going to give him a lot of carries and, and probably a lot of work in the passing game, too, if I had to bet. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, like he's he's not going to, you know, uh, be just a runner, like you know, and he was a great pass receiver at Texas, always was good in that role. They have Tyler Algier, who was pretty good as a rookie. You know, I think he was like a fourth or fifth round pick. So they'll 
they'll, you know, they'll spread the wealth. Nobody gets, you know, 35 carries a game in the NFL anymore, but I would imagine he's going to, he's going to get his, his share again, as long as he stays healthy, which, you know, knock wood in his career, he's been pretty healthy. Didn't really had a little bit of injury issue at the end of his sophomore year at Texas, but they also were bad. And I think it just was like, well, uh, there's no need in pushing it for these last couple games when things are unraveling. But other than that, been pretty durable. Yeah. So it is very exciting. Um, but he was not alone in the first round running back world. Uh, surprisingly enough, no. not even alone in the first half of the first round. That running. was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first one that was like, Whoa, a guy who was maybe supposed to go in the twenties, maybe the first round at all. And, yeah, the, the Lions were clearly high on him. Yeah, the, look, I understand that in your draft room, you better be psyched about your picks, sure. especially sure. your first-round options. But, man, did they react like they just got the second coming of Barry Sanders with that pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their, their first-round pick, so I, I read a lot of mock drafts, probably more than I should. Um, I'll admit, you know, by the end, it just becomes maddening to read all of them and, you know, just want to get to it. Their picks were the ones probably more than anybody's that were like, okay, they took Jameer Gibbs and I saw him maybe in the twenties and Jack Campbell. I did not see him projected as a first round pick pretty much anywhere, Mm -hmm. but I will say like, they're two guys who, you know, if, if the lions are the team that they, they look to be in the second half of last year, which was a team that had a lot in place, all of a sudden things started to fall into place. They're guys who will come in and contribute right away. Like Jack Campbell, maybe you could have got him in the second round, but he's probably going to be a guy who, you know, will start every game at middle linebacker and have 150 tackles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, so maybe the value isn't the greatest, but he, he's almost certainly feels like a very safe, productive pick. And, you know, with the way that offense is, they're going to, you know, they're going to throw it to the running back. They can use Gibbs as a receiver too. They traded DeAndre Swift. So it's him and David Montgomery. Like, I know they've taken some criticism for like, oh, you could have drafted those guys at the next pick, but man, if they turn out good, who cares? Who cares where you drafted them? Like, yeah. it, you know, if you get two contributors and they, I think, should be, but you know, who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. Well, that's always the thing with the draft is like, well, that was a reach. It's like, well, if he turns out to be great and you got him at, you know, twelve, and you could have gotten him at seventeen, does does it matter? Who, who cares? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I the one that. I always go back to on that because I, I fell into the trap when they did it was when the Seahawks took Russell Wilson in the third round. And I remember, you know, thinking like, well, yeah, it could be an interesting pick, but like, God, you probably could have got him in the fourth or fifth. And then he becomes their starter and he's really good. And it's like, well, no one looks back on that and says, you know, you know, you should have waited around to draft him. No, it was, you know, he started for them for a decade and they got to two Super Bowls and won one. Like, yeah, it was whether they could have got him 30 picks later, who cares? And and I don't know if that same result will happen for the Lions. Detroit fans would love it. But, um, you know, I feel like those were two picks that that they were, quote unquote, reaches at the spot. But I also could see them both being very productive players for them next year. Mm-hmm. I agree. So we'll see. We'll see. Lions will be an interesting team. I feel like, uh, you know, they they got so close to making the playoffs last year and have a lot coming back. They kept both coordinators. You know, the offensive coordinator was in demand, but he stayed. And, you know, there's going to be more hype around the Lions than there's been in quite some time, I feel like. The uh, the other one that I think is worth a little bit of a deeper discussion was Richardson to the Colts. Yeah, we should talk to quarterbacks, I suppose. We spent a lot of time on them. Uh, Richardson to the Colts, and then and then that, that triggered the – the drop of Will Levis, which, you know, we talked about like three weeks ago, like, well, maybe he could drop into the, you know, teens. We, we undersold how far he could drop. He didn't get picked in the first round at all. Yeah. And, and the Titans drafting another quarterback to breathe down Ryan Tannehill's neck. Yeah. Well, I know it's, I think it's Tannehill's last year of his contract. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're, you know, this is probably a little bit of a, you know, hopeful for them. Uh, an Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes situation, you know, you, and I, and I think it's, I mean, I know they're saying all the right things like, well, you know, Malik Willis. And I think it's certainly indicative that they don't have a lot of belief in Malik Willis. So, you know, the hope is that a, you know, Tannehill plays this year and Levis takes over next year. Uh, 
you know, I was a little, well, more than a little, I was very surprised he fell out of the first round given the, the hype. And I want to go back to Richardson. I don't want to just brush that mm-hmm. off, but uh, you know, surprise Levis fell. I don't know that Tennessee is a great spot to go to. They don't have much at receiver, you know, like, uh, but we'll see, you know, uh, maybe it'll, maybe it'll work out great for him in the end. Um, but yeah, the Richardson pick with the Colts was funny in the sense that like what was assumed about early April turned out to be almost exactly what happened. But in the meantime, we convinced ourselves it wasn't going to happen. Richardson of the Colts and Stroud going to both of those things were just assumed. And then it was like, well, no, that's not going to happen. And then both of them happened. Yeah, a fascinating first four. So young number one, not surprising. No, no. Um, Stroud two, interesting, but ultimately, look, the the Texans franchise has a lot of work to do. They do, they um, do. But I like getting a quarterback to pair with a new coach. Mm-hmm. I always think that's you know you want those two positions to be on the same wavelength and you get a, a first time coach, young coach, like, you know, get your franchise quarterback to if he is, I mean, we don't know. He, he is for now. Um, I like that. And then, yeah, it was interesting what they did to then, you know, trade up and give up next year's first rounder to get Will Anderson. Yeah. And that was, I guess, a nifty bit of business by the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, seems like, and then they, then what, they went back up to six, mm-hmm. then they traded with the Lions, who, who went down and got Gibbs. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw something, I can't remember who it was, or something said, you know, well, you know, if the Texans were going to take Stroud anyway, you know, why, why not take Anderson at two and then make that trade? I don't know what really makes it much of a difference, but I think, you know, the, the point of that, somebody pointed out was like, Hey, that prevented them from getting topped in their trade offer to number three. Because if you take Anderson, maybe somebody gives the Cardinals more to get they Stroud. trade up to number three and get Stroud. Yeah. Which was an interesting thought. I mean, you know, because I even thought, like, well, does it does it matter which order you took them? And it's like, well, it, you know, the rumor was going around that morning, who knows how true, that the Titans were ready to move up to three to get CJ Stroud. That seemed to be gaining a lot of traction. And Maybe the Texans, you know, won up their division rival by doing what they did. Yeah. But a, a, a nice pick, um, and Anderson, like whether Stroud or Young was who they wanted as the top guy, they got one of the right. top two quarterbacks in a class that people agreed had two really, really solid quarterbacks. I think so, yeah. I think two you know, I don't want to say safe, but safer options. I mean, Richardson is, Richardson feels really boom or bust. He really, really does. I know, I mean, I'm not breaking new ground with that analysis, but feels like a guy who could be great and could be out of the league in four years. And, and uh, you know, and I don't see that for Young or Stroud. I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be much more surprised if they just completely busted. Not saying they're going to be all pros, who knows. But, you know, feels like a, a safer bet. Yeah, Richardson has a lot of those attributes that you like in a quarterback. But he also, it's like Kyle Bowler, Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, like all the measurables in the world. But yeah, physical marvel. Yeah. But can you put it together and. And, you know, like, to me, it's going to be all about, you know, how they bring him along. Um, I I just, I mean, I said it to you multiple times leading up to the draft. I still feel this way. I hope they don't rush him out there. And I know, you know, this is the offensive coordinator who was in Philly. And so there's like, oh, well, you know, he can do a lot of the same things they did with Jalen Hurts in the running game. And that's fine. But let's also remember Jalen Hurts had this great year in his third year in the league. I think was it his third, third year in the league, if yeah. I'm remembering right. So it took a bit. Like Jalen Hurts wasn't wasn't thrust into the lineup. He backed up most of his first year. Then he started in year two, played okay, but not great, and then really took a massive leap in year three. And so I like I just I just hope there's not a a rush and and it's much more likely with the number four overall pick than a second rounder like Hertz was 
to, you know, well, we got to get him out there. And I could just see, you know, they start one and four next year. And, and well, we got to see what we got with this guy. And I just don't think that's going to be good for him if that happens. When they released Nick Foles, I saw. Which I'm not totally shocked by. I mean, I, they, they I'm not shocked by. So I figure he's a, he's a safe week one starter. You know, he's not great, but he's passable at least. Yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked by the release, but it's more of a you when you have someone like that on the roster, it's pretty easy to say like, well, look, that's the guy who if there's an injury is coming in. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, they still have Ellinger, who they played some last year. He didn't have much success, but really nobody did. Uh, You know, I I mean, I I told you I thought Seattle was a great fit for Richardson because you could have you could have basically made him the number three quarterback as a rookie. You could have Geno and Drew Locke in front of him. Mm-hmm. And the Colts could do that, you know. I mean, you you take a little bit of of you know sarcastic criticism if you know week one Anthony Richardson isn't dressed. You know, oh my God, number four pick, and you know he's the number three quarterback. Like, who cares, man? Uh, you know, I, the Colts probably aren't contending for the Super Bowl in twenty twenty three. I highly highly doubt it. So just be be patient with the guy, and maybe you will have something. But I just, man, I hope they don't get an itchy trigger finger. And, you know, he lights it up in preseason when he's going against, you know, future XFL and USFL guys. And like, well, we, we got to get this guy in the, in the on the field as soon as possible. Like, uh, I don't think it'll work out well. Maybe it will. Maybe they'll design an offense around his strengths and, and he'll be great as a rookie. But I just, man, I have a bad feeling if they go that route. Well, and I come back to you. Um the Bengals drafting Palmer number one overall yeah. and then just immediately saying John Kitten is the starter. Like yeah. don't yeah. don't ask. Yeah. It's not a competition. Carson Palmer's not playing. Right. And Carson Palmer was a five year college guy, you know, like he had a won a Heisman. <laughs> won the Heisman, yeah. I mean had had been at USC for five years, you know, he was he was a forerunner of what we see now with guys staying in college forever. Because uh, he got hurt, you know, so he got a redshirt year. I mean, he had a ton of experience, and yeah, they they were patient with him, and it paid off initially. Now he ended up getting injured, and the franchise kind of unraveled. But you know, it, the first two or three years he was there, it sure paid off. And yeah, I feel like this guy is so raw, so rough around the edges, but so much talent. I mean, it's undeniable the physical talent he's got. But like you just rattled off a few names, like having. The ability to you know throw up seventy yards, look effortless, and and you know be six five two forty like that's all well and good, but you know Drew Brees was none of those things, and he's going to the Hall of Fame because he knew how to play the position. Yeah, and and so it's you know like that's great that he's got all those tools, but can you harness them correctly? Yeah, I mean, I, the thing with the tools in the draft, I always come back to is Kyle Bowler became a first round pick because he right. went on one knee and threw it from the fifty yard line <laughs> through the goalpost, right, and it's right, like right. that's yeah. a really impressive parlor trick, but that's not a skill that's really necessary. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I saw that you know Levis did something like that. You know, like oh, you know, one knee and he hit the goalpost or something. I was like, well, that is fantastic. If we're going to change the rules and quarterbacks have to play on their knees. Uh, but you or know, if it's quarterback heard, horse, like that's a pretty right, good exactly. quarterback yeah. horse shot. Skills competition at the Pro Bowl, sure, that's really cool. But he's got to make the Pro Bowl first, and and it comes down to you know Richardson, like uh, you know he can make the spectacular play. I mean, uh, you know, you watch that LSU game last year, and he you know breaks off this long touchdown run on and throws a deep ball touchdown. Like God dang, this guy is good. But it's you know the NFL is often about you know third down and six can you can you complete the eight yard pass that's how games are won and lost converting those you know third shorts third and mediums and and you know i I just i'm not sure he's ready for that yet could he be yeah sure in time but i think they should they should be patient and if they go you know three and 14 this year with gardner Minshew, who cares you you know you, you got a new coach uh you give him the time and you know Hey, get yourself a high draft pick and get the legacy Marvin Harrison Jr. to come in and be your new quarterback's best friend. I did really enjoy the quotes about Harrison Jr. Um, Because he was at the pro day, just catching passes. 
That's all. Yeah. And, and all of the comments about him. like it's just not fair to like yeah have this guy yeah. in front of you and just like can't have him just right you know right, you can look right. yeah 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 no he's he's uh i mean he was incredible last year i i hope he stays healthy I, you know i guess especially with them in particular that you know you you can't help but be reminded of jackson smith and jimbo who had this unbelievable sophomore year and then barely played because he got injured early in the year and you know hope that doesn't happen with Harrison because like, man, he could, he could have a special year. I feel like in what is almost certainly his last year in college. Yeah. I I mean, I, he's one of those guys where we learned this in the Claret year. You can't just sit out a season. No, you know, no. but he's like as close as you can get right now to like, he, he could just stop right now and probably be a first round pick. <laughs> yeah, he probably could. I mean, it, you know, you're right about Claret, but you, go more racing you think of jamar chase you know mm-hmm. didn't didn't play wide receiver now that was a weird year that was the you know covid year and all that and you know you wouldn't gonna have the practices that you normally have and stuff but yeah i mean it, it you know some guys did that that year and it hasn't had any ill effects i mean him and and it was penne sewell and micah parsons and they both do the same mm-hmm. thing those are three really good players and they both they all three went first round They've all, you know, turned into all pro level players. So like, you know, as somebody who loves college football, I don't want this to happen, but yeah, you do feel like it's a matter of time before somebody makes that decision of like, I, you know, I'm just going to voluntarily said, I'm going to hire myself a trainer. I'm going to, you know, oh, make some money. Live in Phoenix. I'll go work out. Exactly. I, yeah. If anybody, yeah, if anybody questions me, I'll play, you know, I'll get a huge insurance policy and play three games in the USFL. Right. Right. You yeah. Know. I mean, it, you know, I, I don't think you'll see it at quarterback because there's a, there's a stigma about, you know, a quarterback quitting on his team or something like that. I don't think you'll, you'll see that, but I, I think you could certainly see it as a wide receiver or running back. Either mm-hmm. one of them. I mean, running back, especially if you got a big time Bijan like running back. And I don't, there's not that many of those, mm-hmm. but you know, you got somebody after a sophomore year that's like Adrian Peterson was, Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I certainly would have a hard time criticizing the guy if he made that decision. I wouldn't like it as a fan because I love college football and I like going to see these guys play. And uh, you know, but man, it's it's be hard to criticize. Oh yeah, but who knows? Yeah, we'll we'll see. Long long winded way of saying uh, I'm anxious to see Harrison this year, and and uh, yeah, certainly seems like a uh, you know right now at least. And I'm sure people will start picking him apart like they do everybody. But right now, a you know generationally good prospect. Absolutely. Um, let's pivot to the postseason for the NBA um, with its accompanying firings and hirings. Yeah, yeah. Right but, in your neck of the woods there. But starting with you know the Sixers Celtics series that kind of has the feeling of being like the conference finals in a way. It kind of does. I agree, you know, and then maybe we're underselling the Knicks and the heat, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, it's still hard for me to accept the heat as a, you know, finals contender when, you know, they had to survive a second play in game against the 10th seeded bulls. That was, you know, down to the wire just to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it kind of it else? it has the feeling of the Bucks Nets series a couple years ago, where it was like, yeah, someone else is gonna be between you and the finals, but this is the harder, yeah, true, series. True. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it does it does seem that way, and boy, I mean, after game one, you know, and I, I'm always you know, remind myself that the, you know, the least meaningful game in a seven game series is game one, but it's, it's hard not to get caught, you know, like, Oh, they win without Embiid and Harden goes off game and, and, you know, and Embiid's going to come back and you're like, Oh man, you know, and boy, uh, it's, it's gone the opposite direction. The, the Celtics won game too easily and handled them pretty easily last night. Harden has not played nearly as well in the next two games. And, now it feels like the Sixers are really up against it and have, have to win game four to have any chance, feels like. 
Yeah, this is it. It's a bummer because game one felt like the Harden silences the doubters playoff game, yeah. where it's like yeah, Embiid's not here. He steps up and carries them on the road to a win. I know. And then he just no shows two and three basically. He has not played well. Yeah, yeah. Just I don't know. I mean, it's like he still has it in him, and you saw it in game one. But I I do think you know he's. He's older now. I mean, he's been, this is his 14th year in the NBA. And I don't think the explosiveness is there like it used to be. Um, and and they're not giving him, I mean, you know, I can't ignore the fact that he doesn't get the calls that he used to. They've kind of cut back on some of those calls. He doesn't get to the line as much, um, which affects everything else. And, I, you know, I, it was nice to see the flash of that. But I... You know, unfortunately, I feel like, you know, it's just a flash now. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he could do that night in and night out. He used to, and and we probably didn't appreciate it enough overall. I think you and I did, mm-hmm. but overall basketball fans didn't. But I, I don't know that he's got that in him anymore to, to do it for seven games. Yeah. Um, and then out west, you've got a couple very interesting series, you know, Lakers-Warriors and that Nugget Sun series is fun, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, I, you know, I am rooting for the Nuggets, but I wasn't surprised they lost last night. Um, I, you know, kind of felt like game three back in Phoenix. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch any, uh, but I'll say this. When I saw that, you know, the Suns won close and it took, you know, what, Booker and Durant having like 80 plus points combined mm-hmm. to win close, I kind of felt like, boy, if I'm the Nuggets fan, I'm not feeling terrible about that. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, can they do that three more times? Uh, you know, maybe, I'm, I'm but it's so, that they got to do they it. Can, but I'm betting that they can't. I guess. Yeah, you're asking them to do it three times in four games, and right. And Chris Paul's hurt. Shocker. Uh, you know, you could you could take that sentence I, from it, any postseason it, since like 2005. It is spring, so one of the you know <laughs> the flowers bloom. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Chris Paul Just gets like hurt. how I you know about what two weeks ago I said. Well, you know it's. You know, it's uh, almost draft season when you hear the, you know, next year's quarterback class is better than this year's. Oh, my God, just wait till next year. Chris Paul getting hurt in the playoffs is another one. It's like, yep, you know it's May. It's, it's we're, we're there. And DeAndre Ayton has, has kind of found himself in the doghouse, it feels like. So, yeah, I mean, it, it really feels like it's the two of them. And, I mean, yeah, like I said, if I'm, if I'm rooting for the Nuggets, which I am, I'm not a Nuggets fan, but I am, I'm not feeling terrible about, like, Oh, we lost by seven points when Devin Booker has this historically great game. Like, all right, we'll survive that one. And if we win game four, we're in great shape. Yeah. And then, you know, the Warriors-Lakers series is, you know, classic LeBron-Curry, LeBron v. Warriors. Yeah, I mean, gotta gotta get more out of Anthony Davis than you got in game two. I mean, that's just like... But it's, it seems to be his thing. Like, he, he has a great game, and then the next game he follows it up with a no-show. Uh, you know, it just it boggles my mind in some ways how a guy can go from, you know, 30 and 23 to 11 and 5 and, and be a non-factor. Like, he, I don't know. I guess this is just who he is. We're far enough into his career that maybe expecting him to be great night in and night out is too much to expect. But I, I feel like we should be expecting that. Yeah, look, he won his title. He got to the team he wanted to be on. That he's kind of coasting he's, since. He's fine. Yeah, it really does sort of feel that way. And I, I, I've heard other people, you know, basketball people who who follow this closer than I do, say the same thing that like he he got his title. He you know, and it seems like since then it's been a little bit more like, well, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. I could still pull it out when I need to. I can still have a great game and I can still be great. But there just doesn't seem to be that hunger on a consistent basis to to be the best guy on the floor, which he should be. I mean, at this point of LeBron's career, we shouldn't be talking about, you know, LeBron carrying his team. He's 20 years in, 20, yeah, 20 years in, um, you know, but, but it still feels like he has to more often than not. Yeah. So I, I would love to see the Lakers win that series. And I'm glad they won game one. You know, game one was, you know, one of those like, okay, I went from like, hopeful to uh, okay but then game two was like yeah i don't i don't know man can i do i see them 
winning four out of seven against this team that shoots so much better than them. And the three-point numbers have been a crazy disparity so far. Uh, and in today's game, where the three-pointer matters so much, I just, I don't know. I, tonight feels big. Really, you know, uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like if the Warriors win tonight, they probably win it in five. If the Lakers win tonight, then it's like, well, all right, maybe they still got a shot to pull this thing out. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, you mentioned the Stanley Cup playoffs before we got started here is something that's going on, and I will agree that it is happening. That is the extent <laughs> of my... Bold stand. I appreciate that, yes. <laughs> I I have, you know, been loosely aligning myself with the Leafs just because Me too, seems me like... too. I'd love to see them. Uh, I was glad they finally got out of the first round. Yeah. It's cool to see that, but boy, you know, losing the first two at home in the second round is not a auspicious start. Um, although in hockey, who knows? Hockey always feels like the, the most random postseason. I mean, the Bruins have this like, I mean, record setting all time great season. And then they blow a three, one lead losing the first round. And it, I mean, it was a big deal, but it didn't feel like, Oh my God, this is, this is earth shattering. It was just more like, yep, that's, that's how the hockey playoffs go. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Toronto could bounce back and win the next two in Florida. And then it's, you know, right back on it. I, I've been, I found myself rooting for Toronto and Edmonton. Um, not because I'm Mr. Canada, but just because I think Toronto would be a cool story to get there. And I, I like to see Connor McDavid, you know, take that, that leap to winning a championship. I mean, he's, I think this is a statement by someone who doesn't pay a ton of attention to hockey, but pretty clearly the best player in the game now, Mm -hmm. probably going to win MVP again. Like he's, he's stamped himself there. Like be cool if he could, could get that Stanley cup and, you know, before he gets too deep into his career where it's like, Oh, he can't win the big one. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd love to do. I, I'd like to see that. Yeah. I I think that would be a neat story. It would also be a neat story for a Canadian team to win. It so. would. It would. It's been, well, when's the, when's the last one? 93? Yeah. Montreal? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's been, uh, been a while. Um, and is it just them left? I think it is, right? Of the eight? Mm-hmm. Because it's Devils, Devils, Hurricanes, Panthers... Knights, Kraken, and Stars. Yeah, so it's those two. Yeah, yeah. So Seattle's a good story, too, obviously, being what, new. second year. Yeah. And Vegas is, I mean, Vegas isn't that old. Four or five years now for them. Yeah, well, Vegas is the ones who, you know, they made the finals their first year, second, right? Their first year? Second year? I think it was their first year. Yeah. If I remember right. Yeah, yeah. I can't exactly remember but i think it was their first year yeah you know so yeah nhl expansion is is different obviously than what we see with the other sports where you know you're you're bound to suck for a while um which you know we haven't seen much expansion in the other sports it's probably only a matter of time yeah when's the last last nfl expansion team was what houston oh two yeah because every it's just been moves in 32 teams yeah yeah and uh NBA, what's the, God, what's the last expansion team in the NBA? Grizzlies, Charlotte. Raptors? Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte Bobcats, right? Which yeah. is so confusing because now they're the Hornets and the Hornets moved to New Orleans. and it, Yeah, but Charlotte was after Toronto and, and Vancouver, I think. I think. Char- you, the are, Hornets left. you are right because the Hornets yeah. left. The Hornets left to go to New Orleans, and I think the Bobcats started in like the early 2000s, I want to mm-hmm. say. So it's been a while, yeah. Yeah, well, baseball will do it once the A's uh, resume playing in Oakland, uh, since it yeah. seems like they're not going to get the money to move to Vegas now. Is that is that falling through? Is that where we're at now? They, I've, I haven't heard they, much of late. Well, I don't know if it's true, but the A's front office, who has lied about pretty much everything... Right has right. said that, well, you know, this is all, we're buying that land contingent on the Nevada legislature passing the $500 million special okay. financing. And the Nevada legislature is like, there are only like 30 more days in the whole legislative session. Yeah. And, you know, a couple legislators were quoted as saying, if you wanted to do this, you needed to start weeks ago. 
Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. I did. I did read something to that effect of like, you know, the, you know, a couple of people have, have spoken out that, you know, uh, they were not on the same page or something, but I, yeah, I hadn't heard that maybe it would, it would fall through, but it, not a shock. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be the first time that the A's had a new stadium plan that fell through before it ever got started. Yeah. Well, and MLB is having a heck of a time cutting out the sell the team signs. Because if you show the crowd shots in the Coliseum at all, which is an embarrassment in its own right. Right, right. You know, I saw. So. I, I saw they had, didn't they, a few nights ago, they had an announced crowd of 2,400 something, something like that. Yeah, they're being outdrawn by a number of minor league teams. And yeah. I think the Giants yeah. had a single game attendance that outpaced the first month of the A's home Jeez. attendance. Jeez, yeah, that's uh, that's not good. They, the A's uh, remind me a little bit of the Phoenix Coyotes or now Arizona Coyotes. They're, you know, they, they've always got some plan that's going to come to pass and then and then it doesn't. And we're we're uh, we're a couple weeks away from the, the the next chapter of the Coyote saga, seeing how the vote goes on that. Yeah. I mean, for the A's, you know, I'm glad that it's they've become sort of a laughing stock for everybody for the media for the players yeah i saw a thing about you know they're like they you know they also launched a ticket thing for 34 dollars. you can get unlimited you you know you can just go however many times you want for a season Jeez, really and wow. like their fans like the few fans who bought ticket packages are like so i spent 800 dollars for my four game or my yeah. 40 games or my, you know, $400 yeah. for my 20 games. And now I could go to any game for 40 bucks. Jeez. Jeez. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a mess. Is Billy Bean still there? Or is he I, gone now? I believe he's technically above the GM. He's okay. like the, so he's not pulling the strings anymore. No, but he's okay. advising. Yeah. Yeah. And they had some, they had some great teams. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, obviously. Like, uh, you know, the different incarnations of the A's over the last 20 years and how many good teams they put together with the, with the terrific restraints that they had. And now it's just all completely falling apart, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, their payroll has gone down in the last yeah. 30 years. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you just, I mean, I can't, I know they've had good teams since. But I, I can never get past the teams from the early 2000s, and they just couldn't get mm-hmm. over the hump with yeah. Mulder and Zito and Hudson. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, man, those were Miguel Giambi, Damon, Die. Yes, yes. God, those were good teams. And, and what, twice they had 2-0 leads in the first round yeah. and, and lost the series. I know that was, it was the one of the Yankees, maybe more than one of the Yankees. Like, man, it just that's that's one of those teams that you just feel like, they should have done so much more and, mm-hmm. and God, they were so good. The pitching they had, man, oh man, but just never, never came to pass when it really mattered, I guess. Yeah. And then, you know, we talked about this last time, but the, the people who are blaming the fans and it's like, well, they traded away in the last, you know, three right. years, four or five all-stars. You know, they just yeah. didn't want to pay. It's like, okay, yeah, it's hard yeah, to yeah. hard to blame no, the fans I, to make them want to show up when you're agreed, putting agreed. out a triple A team. A dump and, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, there's not there's not much to appeal to people. Um, you know, the team stinks, the stadium stinks. Like, you know, you're you're not you're not giving them much reason to pour out their money, even if it is cheap. Yeah, it's, it's still something. Yeah. Come see who we're playing, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's really it. It's it's you know, it's the old uh, Phoenix Cardinals when they first got here. You know, like yeah, if they put playing the Cowboys, the place would be packed. Yeah. But uh, you know, when they played the Saints, like uh, no one really paid much attention. Yeah. And you know, with baseball, as we've discussed, like how many how many teams, how many players are must see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't really have a time. I mean, I suppose if the Yankees or Red Sox are in town, they probably get a pretty good crowd. But, you know, like, are there that many other teams that are like, oh, man, I've I got to make sure to go see them? Yeah. I mean, well, and they get the Angels every year, so it's not, like, special. Right, you know? right, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I know the, you know, 
the schedule rotation now. You get more teams to come in, so that probably helps a little, but still not not much. So, yeah, it's uh, it's quite a mess. It's it's you know quite a, and you're right. It certainly has attracted a lot of attention this year. It feels like feels like it's like reached a, a critical mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, people are not ignoring this anymore. They're they're you know openly commenting on what an embarrassment this franchise is now. Will it make any difference? Eh, maybe. It, it, it maybe is finally going to happen with the Washington Commanders. Yeah. We're, we're right on the doorstep of a, of a sale there that might get them out of Dan Snyder hell. So, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll happen. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, it's getting to the point now where national media, I think it was Ken Rosenthal, had a yeah. column where he basically was like, another embarrassment in a laundry list, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. of Rob Manfred embarrassment yeah. since he became GM. Or, I yeah, mean, commissioner. Yeah. It's like, commissioner, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, it's been up and down. More down than up, I suppose. Um, I am, I, I will say, I'm still liking the pitch clock stuff. I still oh, like yeah. how that's going. I feel the like speed that, of the you know, game, that's been positive. Uh, the speed of the game, the at-bats, the fact that left-handed hitters are reaching base again. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, the, the, the stolen bases mm-hmm. are, are, you know, back being something that teams are using. I, I think that's good. I You know, I know they had, to, they had to gimmick it up a little bit to do this, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good with it. And, I, I mean, I said it to you before, I'll say it again, the whole, like, Oh, they, you know, they have to, you know, if it's the bottom of the ninth, they have to move quick. Like, well, yeah, that's, that's how other sports are played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, wouldn't, uh, this is a discussion that's in golf right now. And I know you don't think, you know, but slow play in golf has become a big point of emphasis and, you know, and there's people who advocate for a clock and, like, well, you, you know, but what about when a guy has to, you know, a, a gust of wind comes up and he's not ready to hit the shot and like, well, you know, when the play clock is down to two seconds and, and the defensive formation doesn't look like what you want, you have to snap the ball in the in football. You can't just be, you know, hold on, hold on, let me let me reset. Let's get the let's get the right play here. You you got a few timeouts, you can use them for that. But other than that, that's it. So like, yeah, performing under a time crunch is part of sports. Yeah. Um. Before we go, do you have any thoughts on? WWE backlash, WrestleMania backlash, as it were. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's. I don't think it's a very good card. I feel like, I feel like maybe there's. I don't know if it's Vince's influence or just some hangover from the build to WrestleMania. I mean, I'm going to watch because I'm a sucker. Um, and, you know, it'll be fun. But I don't think it's a very well booked card. I think you know you got you got three title matches two of which are the women's title matches that are incredibly predictable. Like, zero chance that the title change hands. The U.S. title match is interesting, but they've barely built it. Barely been on TV. Um, no reigns, obviously. You know, so, I mean, it's 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 okay. And it'll be a hot crowd. I mean, that's the one thing. You yeah. know, the SmackDown crowd last night was crazy, and it's in the same place in Puerto Rico. So, like, that'll make the show feel more exciting when you've got a great crowd. But I think overall, it's it's a fairly weak effort. Five weeks after WrestleMania, to build this card. Well, there's a San Juan street fight, which I believe is different from a Chicago street fight or a Boston street fight. <laughs> and every kind of street fight, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that one's all right. Like, I'm 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 a little bit more on board with Bad Bunny than I am with Logan Paul. And I, and I don't know if it was you and I who talked about this or if it was if I was talking about it. You know, at least Bad Bunny is famous for something. He's a musician. Yeah. Not, not my thing. I couldn't name you a Bad Bunny song or even 100% tell you confidently what type of music he does. I think he's a rapper. Is that fair? I think so. But I'm not like, I wouldn't bet my you know life on that. I think so. Uh, but at least he's famous for something. Logan Paul is just like famous for being famous and I can't stand that. Um, and you know what, like giving him a spot on backlash, I'm a little bit more amenable to that than WrestleMania. Well, and it's his I, home, know, it's his home country, it's his it, home country or yeah, well, exactly, home, yeah. hometown and it's Territory, his, whatever. his yeah, home, yeah. uh, you know, and he's hosting and he's got, you know, 
50 million listeners on Spotify exactly. or whatever. It's exactly. like, yeah, sure. I mean, I get it. I, you know, like I was watching something, one of those A&E shows that they did recently. I think it might have been the one about um, Hogan and, and Rowdy Roddy Piper, the rivalry show. And they were talking about how that rivalry and how they, you know, they incorporated Mr. T into WrestleMania one. And, you know, and, and I think it might have been an old interview with Piper, obviously not a current interview because he's dead. But, you know, where he kind of said, like, you know, the wrestling's always, you know, been about, you know, bringing in the the, the other elements of, of pop culture. And, 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 you know, like, well, God, you know, like we get worked up about that now, but they, they've been doing it for 40 years. Mm-hmm. It was Mr. T. It was Pete Rose. It was whatever. Um, Liberace exactly yeah you know like I I I mean that's how it was was Donald Trump remember the Mm -hmm. Donald Trump Vince man the hair hair versus versus hair battle you know when when Vince's hair got buzzed and never came back the same so I get it you know like that's that's you know WWE is not meant for just the you know pure pro wrestler and you you know you want those guys but you need the celebrity spots and uh, again I'm good with it on backlash like, you know, this is kind of a, it's kind of a filler event. In all honesty, you got, you got your big Saudi show in three weeks, which they'll have reins on because they want to give the Saudis a big, big atmosphere. Then you got London money in the bank. Then you got SummerSlam. So you got three pretty big shows coming up. So this one's, you know, this is your, you know, your Tuesday night baseball game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not the biggest, but it's, it's on, mm-hmm. you know, you're turning it on. It's cool. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, you know, again, will I watch? Yeah. Would I watch if the pay-per-view model still existed and this cost, you know, $50? No. No. I guess that's the best way to say it. But like, it's under, premium... the, under the current model, sure, I'll turn it on. But a premium live event that I already subscribe to? Sure. Right, right. Why not? You know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm paying for the for the Peacock, so, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll turn it on and I'll watch and... I'll enjoy myself. It's a, you know, it's a Saturday night in May. There ain't much else going on. Uh, you know, there's some sports or some basketball, I guess, but it's like, you know, we're not competing with college football. Uh, sure. But is it the greatest card? Could they have done better with it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Seth Rollins, Omos, like, well, uh, what is that? I mean, mm-hmm. There's no heat to that feud at all. Like we thought the Brock Lesnar Omos feud was, was a dud. There was at least something they released on TV together. Well, and I've heard a, a theory about the booking for that because yeah. they've announced the new title, right? Right. You know right. that Seth is going to be in the hunt for that and sure. p- probably the favorite to win because of yeah. the guys who don't have a title right now. Yeah. You, well, he got drafted to Raw, so it mm-hmm. makes sense. It, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So you have Omos go over here. Maybe not clean. Maybe there's a, you know, MVP came to Seth's back or tripping him in the ropes or something. Yeah. But you have Omos go over because he can't just beat jobbers and then lose to anybody you've heard of. Like he needs to beat somebody and Seth can take that loss. And then it becomes Omos is on the other side of that bracket and Seth gets that win back to win the title. It's a bit. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, as as somebody who believes in Rollins, thinks they should do better with him. I hope he wins tonight because I'm like, I, you know. But I the the long term vision of that makes some sense. Yeah, I could see that. It, the idea is basically like Seth can lose and sure he be can. fine. He can, yeah. But yeah. but Omos he's taking a lot. Yeah, I'm like you know, like I I hope he gets the the new title. I hope so. I I worry that they're going to go for, you know, make it so obvious that he's going to get it. And then he loses in the final. It's going to be, you know, Cody Rhodes part two, like, yeah. Oh, he got so close. And now he's got to chase it again. Like, man, give us, we, we kind of need a baby face champion of something. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of face champ. Like the Owens and Zane one, like, okay, that, that was cool. And that and was great. But Bianca, Bianca. Yeah. But you know, the, the two secondary titles have been held by heels for the most part for the last, year or so gunther is is close to a year i think mm-hmm. theory's had the u.s title off and on for a lot of the last several months reigns obviously has held the top titles now for you know both of them for over a year one for two and a half like you know it kind of need a, a face champ somewhere and if you're going to do the whole like this champ is going to represent every night and he's going to defend the title all the time like 
all right, that's that's a good spot for a babyface champion then. Mm-hmm. And then later you can turn Seth heel. Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah. Or you can have him lose it to, uh, you know, heel turning Drew McIntyre or something yeah. like that if he ever comes back. Yeah. Uh, you know, or or, ma- or main event Jey Uso. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's got to have it for a year. Uh, you know, I, I still, I don't know. I'm torn on like who takes the title from Reigns. I. I think it should probably be Cody, but man, if you told me that Rollins would win the Royal Rumble next year and then beat Reigns at, at Mania, I'd be completely on board with that idea, too. Yeah. Agreed. But I feel like it's uh, it's going to probably be another 11 months before Reigns could potentially lose that title. I think that's kind of crazy, but I just... Well, he's only going to wrestle like gonna six times between now and then, so... Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, like, I, I mean... They, they at least put some new guys on SmackDown so they could have some reasonable feuds. Like, you could have him feud with AJ Styles. Styles is back. Like, all right. I mean, Styles ain't going to actually take the title from him. But it, they'll have some good matches if they go that route. You could have Lashley. You know, you know, they've done that, I think, once before in this run. He's beaten Lashley. But you can go back to that well. Like, you know, like you, you got to have passable opponents that we might believe could beat him. And maybe you go to the Jey Uso you just said it, you know, like maybe, maybe we get another re reigniting of the Jey Uso feud at some point too. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see. But you know, Hey, uh, the, the long story short, it's a fairly average pay-per-view tonight, but I'll watch. I'll enjoy. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about other stuff. It's, you know, it's getting to the end of the NBA season and pre NFL season. So, that's right. The next, you know, next two three months, maybe we we'll, maybe we'll have to pull out some special topics that we've. Well, we can go. On. We can go back to the ASU historic team. We could. List. We could. We could. God, where did we leave off with that? 2010, 2011, something like that. Somewhere in there. Have to go back and find out. Yeah, that, you know, there's the, we'll we'll find ways to fill the next two or three months, and then soon enough it'll be July, and it'll be about time to start previewing football. Yeah. Well, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.